Welcome to the Prometheus Project Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Bist. Thank you for joining me on this exploration of creativity. Today is our third episode, and I'd like to talk a little bit about dreaming. For me, dreaming is an important part of my creativity. It's where some ideas come from, and it's also where I tend to build stories while I'm sleeping. I know it sounds odd, but uh, stick with me and I'll explain. So everyone dreams, although, you know, some people dream much more vividly than others. And I think some people are just more aware of their dreams than the rest of us. And then there are the uh, lucky few who can lucid dream, which if you haven't heard of that, that's when you're aware that you're dreaming and you can kind of manipulate and influence the flow of the dream. Sort of like a choose your own adventure story. I don't know a lot about lucid dreaming, but um, not enough to speak about it, you know, intelligently. But I think it's kind of cool, and I think you should look it up. It's, it's kind of fascinating. Some people say that you can train yourself to lucid dream. I'll have to give that a shot sometime. So, dreams and dreaming. Now, I've always been a vivid dreamer, not to the point of sleepwalking or talking in my sleep. But I've woken up in the morning with clear memories of what I've been dreaming about. And on a few occasions, I've been able to realize that I was dreaming and sort of heard events the way I wanted them to go. The best way I can explain is that I can sometimes be in a dream and make a mistake, and since I'm aware of this at some level in my brain, I can sort of back up and rewind and replay a few moments of it so I can make a different decision or do something a different way. I can't do it all the time, only occasionally, so I don't know if it qualifies as lucid dreaming. I should probably read up on it sometime and see if I can learn to be more uh, in tune with my dreams. Of course, having control over one's dreams would also have a downside that it ruins the spontaneity of dreaming, of not knowing what comes next, or having to deal with the ripple effect of a decision or action in your dream. Now, where's the fun in that? Regardless, dreams are an important part of my personal creativity. One of the ways I use it is to incubate ideas. So if I have an idea for a story, I'll think about it as I'm dozing off. And by doing that, I find that when I'm in that in-between state, you know, when you're not awake, but you're not fully asleep, that's kind of a magical place to be because you're balanced between the conscious and unconscious worlds. And here my ideas float in my mind and I can look at it from different angles and think about characters and settings and scenes. And if something doesn't quite appeal to me or I go down a dead end path, I can back up and try another one. And then in the morning, if I'm lucky, I have a better idea of what I want to do with the story. And this is one of the reasons I keep a pad of paper and a pen next to my bed. If I don't write down some notes immediately, I take the chance of losing some important piece of a story or idea. I've also found that when I do this, I will sometimes really dream about my story. Once I've fallen asleep and I'm out cold, that story idea will be sitting there on the burner and will continue to cook. The problem here is that I don't always remember this stuff from my deep dreams. So when I wake up in the morning, I have some traces of the dream or dreams floating around in my head, like you know, bits of mist, but they end up being too insubstantial and there's nothing to write down. I prefer that in-between time, you know, because even if I fall asleep before writing anything down, I tend to remember my thoughts from that stage. Deep sleep, mm, it's hit or miss. Now for me, deep sleep isn't the time to percolate existing ideas, but it's a fun place to find new ideas for stories. Deep sleep is an interesting thing. Years ago, I read Freud's Interpretation of Dreams. And I know a lot of Freud's theories have been discarded or debunked, and but there's still uh, some bits and pieces of his work that, at least to me, have some merit. 
One is a section he wrote about our unconscious mind. And I'll apologize in advance to any psychology experts out there if I misinterpret this. But basically, Freud argued that our unconscious minds are like filters. So while our conscious mind is awake and aware of all the things in our lives, the obvious things, the temperature of the room, the sound of a friend's voice, the music streaming on your iPhone, the unconscious mind is aware of everything. You know, like that slight breeze that tickles the back of your neck or the various subtle smells that you walk through as you, you know, go through a grocery store. I mean, the general hum of an electric device in the background. You know, it's, we aren't necessarily aware of these things, but our mind picks up on all of it, all the white noise that goes on in the background of our lives. So all this is picked up and stored away, which makes me wonder what the capacity of our brains is like, like a couple of terabytes? Did newer brains have more capacity? Am I like running on 256 megabytes while some millennial is walking around with a solid state cloud storage? And if so, can I get an upgrade? Anyway, I digress. All this information is stored away in some dusty filing cabinets in the back of our minds. But with all the regular conscious stimuli we encounter every day, we really don't notice or react to this stuff, the sights, sounds, smells, and sensations that fly under our conscious radar. So it gets stored away. And what happens to it? It sits in the archive until we fall asleep. Once our conscious mind powers down, our unconscious mind is allowed to be dominant for a while. And that's when all those bits and pieces of stored information float free. So, for example, you're driving home with the driver's side window cracked and your nose picks up the faint trace of smoke from a barbecue restaurant you pass. It's real subtle. You pass through it with, you know, a heartbeat. The smell barely registers on your mind because you're listening to a song on the radio or thinking about work. That few seconds you pass through that hint of smoke, it's filed away and forgotten. But that night you fall asleep after binge-watching, I don't know, something on Netflix, and you hit REM sleep, deep sleep, dream time. Your conscious mind is powered down and your unconscious mind starts dream mode. Randomly, it recalls that hint of smoke from a few hours earlier, and you end up dreaming of a fire, maybe a house fire, maybe a forest fire. Or maybe your dream makes you think about a cookout with all your friends, old lovers, your family. Or maybe you just dream of sitting down to enjoy a meal at your favorite restaurant. Additionally, Freud suggested that even the things that we sensed while we were sleeping can incorporate themselves into our dreams. For example, you may be fast asleep and an ambulance goes by your house with the sirens blaring. It doesn't wake you up, but your unconscious mind picks up on the sirens and suddenly you're in a dream being chased by the police. <laughs> the mind is a weird playground. i found that some of these weird dreams, the fragments called up from the archive in the middle of the night, can be a source for story ideas. If I had to guess, I'd say about a third of my short stories originated from dreams. I wake up in the morning with it running in my head like a movie, so I scribble down some notes, pertinent plot points so I don't forget them, and then I'll start writing. It's challenging trying to get that virtual movie from my head onto the page, and I get close sometimes. There's a book I can recommend that talks more about writing and dreams, but if you're not particularly interested in writing, there are other sources of information for other areas of art. For painting, you may want to read Salvador Dali's autobiography. While it doesn't go into too much detail about his dreams, he does write some about how his dreams influence his work. So if you're interested, the book for writers is called From Where You Dream, The Process of Writing Fiction by Robert Olin Butler. 
He's a uh, Pulitzer Prize-winning short story author, and he also teaches uh, creative writing at Florida State University in Tallahassee. So uh, here's a challenge for you. In the next few days, write down a dream. Keep a pad of paper and pen next to your bed, or just open up a notepad app on your phone or tablet. And then when you wake up in the morning, don't wait until you've had your coffee or settled down at your desk job. As soon as you wake up, write down what you remember from your dream. It probably won't make any sense to you, and you may feel awkward writing it out, but try it. See what you come up with. Is it something that you can use to write a story, paint a picture, write a song about, a poem? And don't worry, you can tear it up or delete it once you're done, but at least make the effort to write one down. And try not to be self-conscious about it. You don't have to show it to anyone. Just focus on the imagery, what you remember, and I think you'll surprise yourself. All right, there you have it. Thank you again for listening, and please tell your friends. As always, I'd love to hear from you. If you want to share your thoughts, suggestions, or topics for future shows, or just want to say hello, you can reach me through my website at richardbiss.com, or you can find me on Twitter at richardbiss. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next week. Cheers.